Welcome to More Than Medicine, where Jesus is more than enough for the ills that plague our culture and our country. Hosted by author and physician, Dr. Robert Jackson. Papa, can you tell me a story? Do you really want me to tell you a story? (laughs) Well, you go get your brother and your sisters and I will tell you a story. Welcome to Devotions with Dr. Papa. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Jackson. So gather around and let us look into the written word, which reveals to us the living word, which is our Lord Jesus Christ. I'd like to share with you today a verse in the book of Psalms, in Psalms chapter 90 and verse 17, which says, Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and confirm for us the work of our hands. Yes, confirm the work of our hands. Now, if you've been following us week by week, you will recall that we started several weeks back with a lesson on presuppositions, where we talked about the attitude with which folks approach life, and that we as Christian folks presuppose that there is a God who created the heavens and the earth, who created each one of us, and who is the ultimate judge of the living and the dead. And he holds each one of us accountable for our lives. And out of our presuppositions flows our perspective in life. And that we as Christians have an eternal perspective. And that we take the long view of life. And that it's imperative that we cultivate an eternal perspective, and that out of our perspective grows our understanding of our ultimate purpose in life, which is to glorify God. As the Westminster Lesser Catechism says, the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. And out of that understanding of our ultimate purpose, we're able to develop our priorities in life. And then out of our priorities flows our practice. And we talked about our practice in the last lesson when we talked about management of our time. Our day-to-day time management is so critical. And I want to conclude this series by talking about how it is that you and I can leave an eternal, lasting impact for the kingdom of God with the lives that we live during the brief years that God gives us on this planet. Well, this passage in the book of Psalms is interesting because in the passage, David talks all, starts by talking about the brevity and uncertainty of life. And he says uh, that for all our days have declined in your fury. We have finished our years like a sigh. As for the days of our life, They contain 70 years, or if due to strength, 80 years. Yet their pride is but labor and sorrow, for soon it is gone and we fly away. And then he concludes that paragraph by saying, So teach us to number our days, that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. And then he concludes the whole chapter with the verse for our lesson today, which says, Let the favor of the Lord our God 
be upon us and confirm for us, or as some versions say, establish the work of our hands. Yes, he repeats it. Establish the work of our hands. So now, let me make a few introductory comments. I believe that God places in us a desire for the work of our hands, the work of our lives to endure long past our time here on this earth. Every man yearns for an enduring legacy. Every Christian man yearns for an enduring impact for the kingdom of God. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not talking about somebody naming a road or a bridge or a city after you. I'm talking about you and I having an impact for the kingdom of God, whether men acknowledge it or not. You see, we are not men pleasers. Our audience is the Lord God Almighty. He alone is our audience. And it matters not whether men praise you or acknowledge the work of your hands. Our desire is that the favor of God would rest upon us and that He would establish the work of our hands. Now, there are many examples of Christian men and women through the ages that that everyone knows about, men like William Wilberforce, who helped to abolish the slave trade in the United Kingdom, or men like Hudson Taylor, who was one of the pioneers in the modern missionary movement, one of the first people to go to China as a missionary, or Corey Ten Boom, who lived out her faith by hiding the Jews in her home until she was caught doing so and ended up in a Nazi concentration camp and even there continued to live out her faith. Everybody knows these folks. Everybody knows how they lived their Christian lives and their impact for the kingdom of God is enduring. But let me say this. There are lots of Christians down through the ages that you've never heard of, that I've never heard of, but yet their impact for the kingdom of God continues to endure down through the halls of history. But God knows who they are. He sees all, He knows all, and He has regard for their lives and has established the work of their hands. He knows exactly who they are and what they've accomplished for the kingdom of God. They are not forgotten, even though you and I may not know who they are. And my challenge for you and me is that every day we would pray that we would be that kind of man or woman and that God's favor would rest upon you and me and that he would establish the work of our hands. Now, let me ask the question, what can we do to enhance the possibilities? First of all, recognize that God has put in eternity in our hearts. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11 says that very thing, that God has put eternity in the heart of men. What exactly does that mean? Well, I believe that in the heart of every man, there is an awareness that there is an eternal and Almighty God. Romans chapter 1 confirms that. But more than that, I believe that there's a longing to know Him. 
God puts eternity in everyone's heart, and he creates in the heart of man that God-shaped vacuum that Pascal talked about. They can only be filled by a vital relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. He creates in us a longing to know him. More than that, I believe that there's a longing to make him known in the heart of every spirit-controlled Christian. Because there's eternity in our hearts, there's a frustration with the brevity and uncertainty of life. The psalmist just talked about that in this passage, and I think that's true in all of our lives. R.G. Lee, the famous Baptist preacher from South Carolina, preached a famous sermon many times entitled, Bothered by Brevity and Inspired by Immortality. Now, isn't that true? That's so true for all of us that the brevity of life is a grievance to us. But we're all inspired by thoughts of immortality. And then lastly, what does it mean when God puts eternity in our hearts? I believe that there's a longing in the heart of every true Christian to leave an enduring impact for the kingdom of God. So that brings up another question. What do you and I do? so that the life that we live can endure to the glory of God's kingdom for generations after we depart. Well, let me give it to you in brief, and then we'll talk to about each point. Number one, our impact for the kingdom of God will linger long after we leave through the children we bear, through the souls that we win, the disciples that we make, the money that we invest, and the things that we record. Now, let's talk about those one at a time. First of all, the children that we bear. Now, let me back up one minute and let me tell you how I came by this. I was on a retreat with my wife up above Clemson in the Lake Hartwell area. And one Sunday morning before church, I was sitting by the lake, had my Bible in my hand, and I was just meditating on this particular passage of Scripture, Psalms 90, verse 17. And I was asking God to explain to me what does it mean for Him to establish the work of my hands. And I was just asking questions and praying. And I said, Lord, how do do I establish the work of my hands? How do you establish the work of my hands? And just almost in a flash, God spoke these five things into my heart. And he said, Robert, it's through the children that you bear. It's through the souls that you win. It's through the disciples that you make. The money that you invest in the kingdom of God and the things that you record that will give to you a lasting impact for the kingdom of God that will endure long past the time that you leave this earth. And I have to say this. Well, I'll I'll save that to the end. I'll I'll come back to that. Let's talk about through the children that we bear. God blesses so many of us with children. Some of us have foster children. Some of us have adopted children. Some of us mentor children or young, young teenagers. And we have an impact in their lives. And it's our responsibility as parents to raise children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. 
More than that, in Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 through 6, uh, really 4 through 9, the Bible talks about uh, fathers instructing their children and teaching them when you uh, walk in the way and when you sit in your house and taking the, the Scripture and, and putting it on the back of your hand and on, as frontals on your forehead and, and living out the Scripture in front of your children day by day. And when we do that, we impart a biblical worldview. It's imperative that we not just take our children to Sunday school and drop them off, <laughs> but that we, we live the Christian life in front of them and we do our best to impart to them a biblical worldview. And more than that, we have to model and impart a heart for evangelism and missions. And I want you to understand that if you do not have the real disease, I promise you, your children will not catch it. You must have the real passionate fervor for sharing the gospel and fulfilling the Great Commission around the world. Because if you don't have it, I promise you, your children won't. But if they see in you and, and hear from your lips stories of the people that you share the gospel with, and they see you loading up once or twice a year and going to another part of the world to share the gospel and help fulfill the Great Commission. And they know that you go to the soup kitchen or the crisis pregnancy center or some other venue where you can not only serve people, but interact with them in such a way that you have an opportunity to share the gospel. That will have a lasting impact on the life of your children. We have to model and impart to our children a love for the church. Your children know if you love the local church. They know if for you it's a non-negotiable. But if you're slack and lackadaisical and nonchalant about the local church, <laughs> your children will know, and they'll grow up to be just like you. The apple will not fall far from the tree. We have to train our children to make disciples. Not only do we make disciples, but we have to train them so that they will become disciple makers as well. And we must teach them what it means to be a spirit-controlled believer. And more than that, I should model it. They should see in their parents a perfect example of a spirit-filled believer. Those are the responsibilities that we have as Christian parents. And you see, you and I have a long-lasting, enduring impact for the kingdom of God through the children that we bear, but only if we raise them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And if we impart to them a biblical worldview and a love for the church and a love for evangelism and missions and making disciples and teach them how to be spirit-filled believers. The second thing I would, I would say to you is that it's imperative that you and I are active soul winners people who win people to faith in Christ. Because you see, when I'm dead and gone, the people that I win to the Lord, they're not going to stop sharing the gospel just because I'm in the grave. My impact for the kingdom of God goes on through multiple generations through the people that I win to the Lord. And the same thing will be true for you. How do you have an enduring impact for the kingdom of God? Well, you silly goose, it's through the people that you win to the Lord. And you help them to grow in their faith. 
and then you win them, build them, and you send them out to do the very same thing that you have done. And that you acquire an enduring impact for the kingdom. And the third thing is making disciples of other men. You know, Second Timothy 2, 2 says, and he, Paul is speaking to Timothy, and he says, the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who will teach others also. You see in that verse, there are four generations, Paul discipling Timothy, Timothy discipling faithful men, and faithful men discipling others also. And I want you to know it is such a heartwarming thing for me to look at men that I have discipled previously who are discipling other men two, three, and four generations away from me. And if I die today, I promise you those men are not going to stop making disciples. They're going to continue to make disciples. And some of the men that are three and four generations away, they don't even know who I am. <laughs> they they may hear some of the silly illustrations that I've used, shared by somebody that I've directly discipled. They don't know where the illustration comes from. They don't know that it comes from me. But, hey, they're being discipled. And the impact that Robert had for the kingdom of God is lingering and will linger even after I've gone to the grave. And the same thing can be true for you, brother and sister. Make disciples. Find those fat people. Fat people are faithful, available, and teachable. When you find faithful, available, teachable people in your life, then take them under your wings and mentor them, disciple them, help them to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, and then challenge them to go and do the very same thing. And then the third, I'm sorry, fourth thing is this. It's how you and I invest our money in the kingdom of God. And I, I, I challenge you to support missions and missionaries. But do your homework and make sure that they are actually winning lost people to Jesus. Because I have done my research and I have found that there are organizations out there that claim to be evangelical but they're really just doing humanitarian work, and they're not actually winning people to faith in Christ. And you have to do your homework, because I only want to invest my money in organizations that are actually winning lost people and actually making disciples. And then you should too. That's making a wise investment of your money in the kingdom of God. And you see the impact that your financial investment will have for a Christian institution, a Christian organization, a Christian uh, mission organization, or a Christian missionary can will, will definitely last long past the time of your life and mine. And then the last thing is you need to write your story. Because you see, the things that you and I record will endure long after we live. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you know your great-grandfather? <laughs> How many of you even know his name? Do you know his occupation? Do you know where he lived? You see, most of us know our grandfather, but most people can't tell you anything about their great-grandfather. What kind of legacy has he had? What kind of legacy has a great-grandfather had in your life if you don't know his name? or his occupation, 
whether he was a Christian or not, or what he did for the kingdom of God. And you see, the challenge for you and me is to leave something as a recording, as something written that can be passed down from generation to generation that will have an impact on your children's children and your great-grandchildren, and that they will know who you are and what you stand for and what you believe and what you value and what you gave your life to. And I'll be honest, it was while I was sitting by that lake over 10 years ago that I made a commitment to write my first book. People had been saying to me for years, Dr. Jackson, when you make these pro-life talks, you need to write a book. Well, I always just blew that off as people just being kind. But it was that day sitting by the lake when the Spirit of God said to me that my enduring legacy for the kingdom would be through the things that I write or record. I said, okay, Lord, I hear what you're saying. I'm going to write that book. And within 90 days, I had that book written. Now, it took much longer to finally get it published, but it only took me 90 days to write the book. It was in my heart. It was in my mind. It was part of pro-life was just my life and had been for so many years. So writing the book was not difficult for me at all. And you see, there are things out there about which you are an expert. You need to write your testimony. You need to write the things that, that have happened in your life that have had a great impact in your spiritual development. You need to write down things that have happened uh, that have, have helped you to understand the spiritual journey that you're living. And, and if you're not a good writer, then just speak it into a recorder and get somebody to type it up for you. Or just make a recording that you save and say, hey, give this to my grandkids one day. And it, I promise you it will be invaluable. My father-in-law was a Baptist preacher, and he was just the most interesting person. Do you know that he guarded the Japanese hierarchy in, uh, in Japan after the war? He was an MP, and he had to pick them up from prison and take them to the war trials every day and stand guard over the, the Japanese uh, high-ranking officials and then take them back to the prison. And my children don't know that unless I tell them, and the great-grandchildren will never know that. And he was a, 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 an extraordinary man in his Baptist uh, pastor ministry. And he has so many stories, but he sat down one day for five hours with a recorder, and, and, he, and he just told all the stories of his life. And I've told my wife, you need to sit down, you and your sister, and you need to type the whole thing out and make it into a little book for the grandchildren and the great-grandchildren so that they will know who your father was because he was a great Christian man, and he should have an enduring legacy. And some of you that are out there listening to me right now, God is using you in a great way, and your impact for the kingdom of God should linger. And one of the ways that it lingers is through the things that you write, through the things that you record. And the things that you write and record will linger way past your lifetime. And when you and I are dead and gone, the things that we write, the things that we record will still be in existence. And God can still use them to impact our children and grandchildren. 
and your family will treasure your words, your thoughts, your insights, your life story. And who knows what grandchild or great-grandchild could come to Jesus simply because of hearing their great-grandfather or great-great-grandfather telling his testimony. The Bible says that they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Brothers and sisters, record your testimony. Record your story for your great-great-grandchildren. The Bible says, may the favor of the Lord be upon you. And Father, establish the work of our hands. Yes, establish the work of our hands. You're listening to Devotions with Dr. Papa. If you like what you hear, I pray that you would share it, that you would follow, that you would like, and let your family and friends know all about Devotions with Dr. Papa. May the Lord bless you real good. Thank you for listening to this edition of More Than Medicine. For more information about the Jackson Family Ministry, Dr. Jackson's books, or to schedule a speaking engagement, go to their Facebook page, Instagram, or their webpage at jacksonfamilyministry.com. This podcast is produced by Bob Sloan Audio Production at bobsloan.com.